podcastjuice.net. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is the Prince Podcast here with your guy, your man, not your boy, Michael Dean. Joining me today, Mr. Big Sexy and Sax, or how are you? I am well. I am well. Let's talk some music. Yes. Also joining us today is Mr. Sean Hill. Sir, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm actually I'm, I'm going to be signing a record contract after my performance last night at karaoke doing a Little Red Corvette and <laughs> oh, a Raspberry Beret. So look out for my uh, mixtape drop soon. Uh-oh. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> mixtape. Oh, Lord. All right. So today on uh, the Prince Podcast, I wanted to ask a simple question, and I'm going to ask this for two reasons. One, because I wanted to really get into, you know, sort of why this podcast exists. Why do I do it? Why do we do it? And also, there's a video that's sort of making its rounds. Uh, at least I, I posted a link to it on my Facebook. And it is a, a guy asking a question or stating an opinion that he feels that Prince, uh, he says, Prince ain't no musical genius. Now, again, everyone's entitled to their opinions. So we're not going to argue that. Uh, but I wanted to get into this conversation a little bit. Um, so the first thing I want to do is I'm going to ask the fellas and myself as well. Why do we like slash love or or admire whatever it is? Why do we like cupcakes? <laughs> Cupcake. What the hell does that mean? We're going to get into that. <laughs> but why do we like Prince? So I'm going to start with Sean Hill. Sir, let me ask you. Why do you like Prince? You know, that's that's a that's a question I'm asked a lot. And I always tell people um, it's not on the talent. I, I don't even care about the image. I it's when you when you see the guy live, I think that that is the the standard by which every other live performer, any other artist should be should be judged. Um, I mean, the guy's got so if I'm in a if I'm in a rock mood, I can throw on Prince. If I want to listen to some jazz, I can throw on Prince. If I want to listen to some pop, I can you know I can throw on Prince. If I you know wanted some some bedroom you know slow jams, I can listen to Prince. The guy can do it all, you know. Not many there aren't any artists out there other than Prince, in my opinion, that that can do it all. That has whatever genre you know of, of music that you like. He has something in his catalog. You know, fitting that. I mean, he's even you know got a couple of country songs, sort of you know, um, right the wrong and a few others. Uh, so that's why I like Prince because of just just the raw talent and just the you know music that that has touched my soul since since I first started listening to him in, in 1982. So um, I mean that that's uh, that that's pretty much it in a nutshell. I mean, and then and then you add the fact that he's an awesome live performer on top of all of that. Uh, it just doesn't get any better than that. All right. Big Sexy and Sack. Sir, you are on the witness stand. <laughs> or this is a deposition. Same thing. Okay. Well, Both sworn testimony. There you go. Uh, you've been sworn in. Um, this talking. My name is Justice Congressman Dean. Oh, you got to like that. <laughs> out of the state of Washington. And so we've been here today with a lot of testimony and conversation but i want to ask you one simple question sir why do you like prince you know this is going to sound more along the lines of of a uh episode of place in this world but i will try to be as succinct as i can 
I'm older than you guys, a few years. I remember vividly when I first heard Soft and Wet at a house party in Berkeley. I'm like, okay, hey, you're just as wet. Uh, I'm like, okay, that's all right. Didn't give her much thought. Next, The next year goes. I'm watching cable TV with my sister uh, back in Oakland in the Bay Area. Back in the day, there was a cable access channel called Soul Beat. It was like Dolomite having a cable channel. <laughs> really, really, really low budget. And this was pre-MTV, but you could see a lot of R&B videos there. And I see I Want to Be Your Lover. I'm like, the fuck? Who is this guy with the Carol Brady haircut in the in the dolphin shorts, baby blue draws? What? What? But then I'm like, okay, ignore that. Listen to the music. And then I hear why you want to treat me so bad. I'm like, okay, I can get with this. I can get with this. But again, I still don't really know the visual other than other than the dolphin shorts and the Carol Brady haircut. Let's go on to 1980. Dirty Mind comes out. I don't see a visual. All I hear is the song Head that is just blowing up, you know, on the underground tip. I'm like, okay, this is what we can get with. Then I hear Dirty Mind. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Let me go look into this cat. And that, by the time I heard Dirty Mind, controversy was about to come out. And then you see the visual. Again, you see the cat in the trench coat, tuxedo shirt, vest, uh, what do you call them, leg warmers, and bikini drawers. <laughs> I'm like, okay. At this point, I'm working in the music field. I'm thinking, okay, whatever his visual is, he's bad enough to wear that. His music better back the shit up. And it did. Because it went all across the spectrum, you know, he went to, uh, you know, the rock vibe, like Sean said, he went to the to the bedroom vibe with "Do Me, Baby," and then 1999 comes up and just blows up. I'm like, okay, this is who I want to, you know, listen to now. And then I'm l- learning about the time and how he's the man behind that, and how he's the man behind Vanity Six. I'm like, this one dude is doing all this and playing everything. That's not possible. And then it just keeps going. The momentum keeps going. The the drive, he never stops. A lot of times people in popular music especially will say at the peak of their powers, well, you know, I'm going to take a year off. And then they never recover from it. He never stops. You know, he never stops. When I first heard Around the World a Day, Jerome was quoted as saying, yeah, this is good, but when do you hear the next one? It's done? Yeah. What? And again, he does so many things himself there is no one like him. I remember back in the early 80s, there was a cat named Giorgio who tried to come out with his little Lover's Lane and <laughs> Tina Cherry song. Well, I'm just like Prince. I play everything. Okay, just like Prince. What are you doing now? Okay, then. Shut up. You're not Prince. And he just kept going. You know, Purple Rain came out. You know, put up, And the only thing I don't like about Purple Rain is I'm going to sound like a, like a teenage girl here, but Purple Rain comes out. And that really exposed him to the world. And it's like, okay, but he's not ours anymore. Because back in the day, you had to know somebody who was in the Prince. He wasn't top 40. Purple Rain changed all that. Changed all his visibility. And and as a result, he toned down the stage show. Because I remember seeing the Controversy Tour, the 1999 tour, and expecting to be blown away by Purple Rain. And if anything, he, he brought it back a step. I'm like, come on, man. What? What? And he just kept going. And then he, for whatever reasons, back then he breaks with the revolution. I'm like, uh-oh, this is not good. Comes up with Sign of the Times. All him. 
I'm like, wow, this is a masterpiece. And I like him because he always challenges his listeners. A lot of musicians don't do that. Miles Davis did that. You know, a lot of contemporary people don't do that. They just spoon feed them pablum. Prince is like, this is what we're playing. And that's just how it is. David Bowie did that. Uh, Prince is at a point now, he's, he does a lot of these shows. And we've talked about this before. He'll do stadium shows and none of us want to go. But if he does like the small show, like the, tw- the 13, uh, 13, the third eye girl thing, we'll go to that because he's playing music for us, for people who know the B-sides, for people who know the deep cuts. You know, I've said on record more than once, if I never hear Purple Rain again, I'm cool. Little Red Corvette, I'm cool. But let me go to a show and he breaks out, she's always in my hair, I'm acting a fool. You know, and he's got me damn near 25 years of acting, well, God, more than that, 30 years of just acting a fool behind this guy's music. I got He got me into to bootlegs. He got me into downloads. He got me into meeting Michael Dean because of the, of the Prince podcast. I'm like, let me be a part of this. You know, no other artist does that. And because I'm so brand loyal, if a person who I like, be it Prince, be it uh, Van Halen, be it Kiss, whatever, they put out an album that I don't like, I'm still with it. I'm not going to, you know, bump it. And Prince has put out a couple things that I didn't enjoy, but Hit that's still run. my dude. <laughs> I don't mind hitting the run. My, my beef was 3121 oh, and Planet right. Earth. Ugh. You prefer, you like hit and run phase one over. Oh, phase one? No. Okay, all right. <laughs> I was about to. I was about to. Face. He hit me with curly fries. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta let that one go. But he brought it back though with phase two. You know, when he came out with that long. Oh God, I can't. The slow song on on phase two. Revelation. Thank you. When I heard that long version of that, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm talking about. And he's all again. He plays so many things. He does it all himself. That is a genius. Now, the guy who wrote has a little piece, that's his opinion. That's fine. And he's comparing him to Stevie Wonder, which is, you can't do that. That's like comparing Stevie to Paul McCartney and Paul McCartney to Miles Davis. They're all different things, but they're all geniuses. And we were talking off, off air about that word being overused. And I'm going to go ahead and start shit now. Kanye West, you're not a genius. Yeah, I said it. You know, a genius means doing what people can't do. Kanye West, you are not a genius. A lot of people who claim that title are not geniuses. Now, this is also my generation talking as well. Because I know a lot of young 20-somethings like, oh, man, Kanye's a genius, man. You're tripping. So, which is their opinion. Prince is a genius. He taught himself all this stuff, and he does it all himself. I define you want to do better than that. All right, there you go. Man, I just throw shade on Mr. West. Oh, um, fuck him. He gets to go home to a Kardashian. He's happy. Yeah, for now. <laughs> when the money stops, she will leave. Oh, man. All right. Okay, uh, so I'm asking myself the question, why do I like Prince? Mr. Roger Nelson. Uh, a lot of stuff that you guys said, I totally on board with agree with and a lot of my answers are in that as well for me personally why i like prince um i think it all comes down to the fact that i love um the idea of prince 
at the that's the first thing. And what I mean by that is, yeah, once I got into the music, similar to what you were saying, Mark, and, and, and you get a chance to see it and everything. But I think I became a super fan or admirer of Prince once I started to understand what it took to be what he is. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, I'm always big on the work ethic and, and the practicing and the dedication uh, to the craft. To me, uh, and I saw a little bit of that in Purple Rain, which I was amazed by when I saw the, you know, the, the, the rehearsal stuff, you know, when you see him practicing a little bit and working on music um, as being uh, somewhat of a musician myself or, you know, doing stuff. When I saw, uh, oh, excuse me, when I heard some rehearsal stuff of Prince, I was like, okay. I'm starting to understand what it it takes for him to be as good as he is. It's not just some natural ability uh, to do all that stuff. This guy is working on this shit day in and day out. Um, he's practicing on this stuff like it's a job. That's a lot of where I got this stuff from because I look at him like and I read the stories about, yeah, man, we, we rehearsed for this tour for a year. We didn't even go on the tour, but we just worked eight hours a day on it. And we knew it like the back of our hand in case we had to do it. And to me, that's why I'm like, this dude, he's living this artwork. He's not just waiting till it's time to go on to do a show to practice or when it's time to do an album. Then we start record recording. But the other nine months out of the year, we're just fucking off and not doing nothing. No, it's a day to day, hour by hour <laughs> method with this cat. And that to me is my biggest draw because I'm like, man, he's taking this serious. So for me as a creative type of person, I'm like, I want to work like that. I want to be that passionate about something and take it that serious so you can be the best at it. You know, you can come with something that's just going to blow people's heads away every time because you don't you didn't had so much growth in between the last release. Right. That's the other part I love about Prince and being a child of the 80s and, and being around during the, the 80s, that was part of the allure of it for me was, okay, yeah, you got Purple Rain. We all jumped on the bandwagon. Everyone jumped on the bandwagon. This is great. Here comes around the world in the day. What the hell is this? Like, <laughs> it's a different guy. What is he? Whoa. This is so far advanced from what was going. I didn't expect this. It's totally different. Okay. And I was a little pushing back a little bit like, Oh, I was I'm just getting into that Minneapolis sound, you know, which was killing the air, airwaves at that point. Sounds some whole other shit. Here come these B-side records. Whoa. This this shit, this is the real shit. <laughs> what, what is this? This ain't even on the album. This guy's ridiculous. And you start to see the glimpses of the live performance that is out of this world. Um, again, I didn't, I only got to see the Purple Rain show. Um, that was my first time seeing Prince. I didn't get to go to Parade or Sign of the Times. I did go to Love Sexy, but I saw the glimpses on TV of those performances and they were headbusters to me <laughs> because again, all I had was 1999, excuse me, Purple Rain live concert VHS. Wore it out. 
and the style and everything he's doing, musicianships. Oh, this is crazy. When I saw the MTV interview from the Under the Cherry Moon set, and then they do the uh, America performance after that. Oh, yeah. Head blown. I'm like, this cannot be the same guy from the past two or three years. I've seen these visuals of him, Purple Rain style and all that. This cannot possibly be the same band, but it is. It's like, what the fuck is this? This is amazing. You know, I just, I was just like, uh, I want to, not only do I want to be like that, I want, I want to have everything to do with that. And so that just drew me in even more. And then the parade album, so different visually and sonically, musically from around the world today and from Purple Rain and going back and back. Blown away. And then again, these B-sides, the musical directions this cat is going, where at the same point his contemporaries are on this other lane. Back then, when you heard a Prince record, you knew it was a Prince. You said, whoa, this don't sound like nothing else out there. <laughs> and, and, and it was to the point where I could pinpoint them. If I heard something on the radio, oh, that's a Prince cut. Man, I know the way the guitars is on there or the, the keyboard. He must have something to do with that. Come to find, oh, that is one of his joints. It was just totally different from everybody else. So I love the uniqueness of it. That was, you know, for me up until about 1988, you could tell a distinct difference. And there was no confusion. Of, oh, who did that? That's on some Prince shit. That's it. That, nah, he's, he's on that. So I was blown away by that. And listening to that music, looking at the visuals, it was just an amazing thing to me that I still hold to this day. I still go back and those are my comfort records. Those are my comfort, you know, visuals or, you know, the, the showmanship, uh, the accumulation, the Love Sexy tour to see that. That was to me, that was Prince at his highest point on the stage. Just it was ridiculous. I wasn't even ready. When I saw the concert, I was, it was too much for me to take in. It wasn't until I got it on, you know, the bootleg, whatever, years later, where I really got to sit down and like, damn, I actually saw that. I, I wasn't ready for it. It was too much. So I love Prince because he took chances. His stuff was so unique. Uh, he gave us uh, the visuals and the music were at in sync and they played to the times of where we were at. And what I mean by that is when Sign of Times comes out, the visual of it, the way he presented himself was such a contrast to me from what was actually happening in the mainstream. Uh, it was like he took his vision of that and he he took what was going on and put his vision of what it was. And I loved him for doing that. Same with all of his records to some degree. Um, and that's why I love me some Prince. I don't think Prince is the greatest musician of all time. Uh, but I feel like he is the greatest sponge and he is the greatest, some people hate this word, remixer, and he is the greatest curator of music because he can give you his interpretation of all styles of music. And that's why I love him. 
because he can take some parliament and we'll put it to spin like this. He yep. can take some old soul and I'm going to put it on a spin like this. He took some jazz and I'm going to put my spin on it and do it like this. He took R&B and did his spin on this. And then lastly, he took some hip hop and I'm going to give you my spin on this. And Tony. yeah, and even even to this day, you know, decisive as it is, it's it falls in line with what his his wheelbarrow is. I'm gonna take whatever's playing today and give you my spin on it. You know, hit and run phase one, whatever. But that's what he's always done, and that's why I feel like he is the greatest curator of all time because he took all the influences that he had. He took things that he saw, and he just did his versions of them. Yeah. And I love him for doing that. And to me, well, that's why I think he was one of the greatest of all time because he's able to give you a history lesson of music through his eyes, which I think for me, and that's the last thing I say, it opens the door to go listen to other stuff because he yes, brought it uh, all yeah. in. So I was yeah. like, oh, okay. I see you. Oh, and when I heard, when I, first got my ears open to some Bootsy, I immediately identified, ah, okay. It was what this is what he was doing. This is what the real of it was. When I got some parliament, oh, 1999 makes total sense to me. Even visually you can see he was copying their style on the album cover, but it makes sense. Madhouse, that is dirty mind. You look at some punk stuff. Oh, okay. You look at the time. Ah, oh, I understand. So that's to me why I think he is, why I love him. Um, but go ahead, Sean. No, I was just going to touch on something you said uh, as far as just what he was doing back in the day. I, I still, and I've talked about it before, I still look and listen to the Parade album and and I'm just going, wow. You know, I don't, I don't know what other word I could use for it. You just listen to that from Christopher Tracy's Parade to New Position to I Wonder You. There's nothing like that in anybody's catalog, uh, you know, his contemporaries as far as doing quote unquote black, you know, black music. I don't, I don't just think that anyone has was adventurous uh, as Prince. I mean, I can't picture anybody doing those three songs, but Prince. You know what I mean? And and you know he hasn't done anything like that really since or or before. And and that was that was the pleasure. That was the joy. That was what. I was thriving for from you know from '82 to '88. Um, you touched upon it. Each album was a new experience, a new look, a new sound, a new everything. Everything was new. I mean, the cat was constantly reinventing himself. You know, he was still Prince to the core, but but the outward image was always different. You you didn't know what you were going to get when you put that needle on that record. You know. Even let's let's you know we can talk about the first the first side of Sign of the Times is better than most people's entire career. Those, <laughs> those four songs, Sign of the Times, Playing the Sunshine, Housequake, Ballad of Dorothy Parker. He could have just dropped the mic right after that. He could have been you know done. All right, that that's your album right there, you know. And you know, I I don't really want to get into the whole you know him versus Stevie because I mean one thing Stevie Stevie's a you know a you know, a funk guy, but he, you know, he doesn't dance obviously. Uh, and so his, so his, his style, his music style is, is different than Prince. And where Stevie is adventurous, 
you know, songs of key of life, uh, I am singing, uh, um, pastime paradise. I mean, you know, he, he, Stevie took some chances too. I mean, you know, so it's not like both of these guys are the same thing, but they, they do different things. You know, Prince is more sexual. Prince is more quote unquote dirty or was at least. Uh, and, and you know, that's just not Stevie's thing. You know, Stevie's more, was more political, uh, than Prince was back in the day. I mean, there's, not not faulting Stevie for being political, not faulting Prince for being not political. It, it's just two two different two different things, you know. I mean, two I, different. I feel vibes. like if there was no Stevie, there would be no Prince, in my opinion. Uh, I I wouldn't go that far. Oh no. yeah, I don't, I don't think I. If there's go. no Sly Stone, no there, Prince. I, I would say that as well. I, I think I just think that a lot of like to me, the first couple of Prince albums are heavily influenced by Stevie Wonder. Uh, because but Stevie was the was. man at that time. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah, but that's what I'm cool. saying. I'm just saying, like, again, a lot of the stuff that he's given even to now, when you talk about Prince was Prince sexual, you would probably say Prince is the most non-sexual sort of thing at this point. You know what I mean? Like, in terms of he doesn't really try to push that image. He is more political. He is more this right. and that and the other. But I'm just saying in terms of pure musicality and what Prince was doing musically, I don't even think that he would have been doing what he's doing today if there was no Stevie. I mean, you could say the same for Sly too, but I'm just saying I don't even comp- I can't even really compare Prince versus to me Stevie Wonder, and I'm not as heavy into Stevie as Prince, but just looking at Stevie Wonder, that dude is on a whole other situation. He again, from what I understand, from what I know of Stevie, there's nothing that Stevie does that is a harken back to anybody. One thing that Stevie did. <clears throat> And, and he's blind. Yeah, that's true. That's crazy. One thing that Stevie did, and I will say this will is probably something that Prince gets from him. Stevie was the first person that I'm aware of, and I could be wrong, but he's the first person to go to the label and said, you know what, I'm producing my own shit, and fuck y'all. And Motown blinked. And so at the time he did that, he was still doing the little Stevie Wonder things. And when he came out with Music of My Mind and then Talking Book and just went from there. Prince walked in the water and said the same thing. He said, look, I'll record here, but you don't give me a producer. I do my own thing. And to have the, you know, the stones to go ahead and do that and Warner's to let him do that, to let him find his voice creatively, because you can't do that now. Yeah, no. Well, no, it's not at all. If you ain't hitting right out the gate, forget it. you're out of here. Yes. And so I, he definitely got that from Prince because I, I like a lot of, you know, 60s and 70s stuff, but I can't think of people who took the reins like Stevie did. The Beatles didn't. You know, they had George Martin. I don't know about Sly because I don't know who produced him if anyone did. Nobody. I, I can't. No, no. So Sly did his own thing. Sly did his own thing. There you go. I, and I believe Larry did his own thing as well. Yep. And so Prince is hearing that like, you know what? I got I to gotta get this out. And I got to do it how I feel it. And it's not ego. It's saying, look, you know, you can't send someone to me who can tell me about my music and know it better than I'm going to know it. So keep walking. And Warner's allowed him that, that freedom. Stevie started that, in my opinion. Right. My yeah. Opinion. You know, it's just, uh, I guess they're, they're both, except it's just no comparison. Like I think what I was going to say was to me, when you take guys like Stevie and even for the more so Michael Jackson, I can't really compare them because I'm, to me, Michael and Stevie, their whole, particularly for Michael, their whole life 
was, you know, performing in the music. And that's a whole other edge wise of um, their upbringing was. They were the man. They were musicians. They were singers. They were performers. They were in that from day one. So they didn't have the opportunity to be watching uh, outside of the game and to see what others were doing to make a decision. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I think for Prince, he had a few years (laughs) of being a civilian, right? Of not being the, you know what I mean? Like, he's not, his name was Prince, but he was not Prince during those years. He had to go through his different things as a civilian. That's what I like to say, until he crossed over. Michael was not a civilian. You can look at his life and see that. He surely was not a civilian, right? His whole thought process and stuff was we would never do that. And see, that's another thing that you know we talked about. Uh, I mentioned kind of a while ago we were talking about best artists of a certain period, and I like to think that Michael and Prince were contemporaries. They really weren't. No, they really weren't. You know, Michael was more of a contemporary of Stevie than he was of Prince. Yeah, when you think about the output, it was just a, from a whole different. Whole different Again, vibe. he was. Michael Jackson as a kid. And when I say he was Michael, he was the biggest star. <laughs> the Jacksons was huge. Like he was a child doing that. And he was, when you, I was just looking at that Spike Lee thing, you're really centers home. He wasn't like, uh, you see some of these child stars like, oh, he's good for a kid. Exactly. No, this motherfucker was the shit as a kid. Like grown folks can't fuck with him. And that's what was so remarkable. Like, how does this guy be this freaking good? But you can see at a young age, he had already studied James. He had already studied down Jackie Robinson. He already studied the Jackie Wilson. Excuse me. He already had their shit down as a child. So he always had so many other years in the game and practice. Uh, What was that? The the classic book we're talking about. You have to have the 10,000 hours in. Uh, Oh, what book was that? The tipping point or something like that. But anyway, you know, that whole mindset of the guys who's putting in the work longest, you're never going to compete with them because they didn't already uh, grew so far beyond you'd have to catch up. So there's no catching up with Michael. That's what I'm saying. It really is no catching up with Stevie. He was a little Stevie. By the time he becomes an adult and he's making those records, that's because he didn't already, you know what I'm saying, been through the Motown and been, you know, seasoned and vetted. To where he just comes and his shit's gonna be when they when they take the chains off of him, it's gonna be ridiculous. Like and and it was. Whereas Prince, it took him a few years to get to that point, right? He had to find his find his way a little bit because he had been a civilian. He he didn't grow up in that. He had to get his opportunities through the game, which ain't nothing wrong with that because again, he was around. He saw I think to me, once he saw Rick James, it's like, okay. I know what I'm I know the angle I'm about to come with <laughs> that's going to get me some attention and let me let me snatch this up put it with my music now I'm about to set this shit on fire I mean, so it took him some time to sort of find his way and as you said earlier if it was in the 90s or even today you probably wouldn't have Prince because there's no way in hell the business of the music would allow him to find his way at this point like he would have had to be off putting out his songs on the internet on a low key level and somehow found his way. And then, you know, they would only going to put him out when he's probably at the level of purple rain or something. Right. Cause you don't get, they ain't no second chances. 
Right. You don't get no flops. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to touch on something you said real quick because I know you mentioned it. I know we're, we're talking about Michael and, or uh, Stevie and Prince, but I will implore our listeners, if you have not seen that off-the-wall documentary, <laughs> get off your ass and do so now. That That is spectacular entertainment right there. I mean – we saw uh, footage, you know, of, of Mike that you know never seen before. The 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 Triumph tour and, and clear quality. Why that isn't out, I don't yeah. know. But <laughs> if that please. comes out, it is. I think it has shut so many people down and up because that footage looked. I was like, it's pretty clear. Mike pretty is clear. Gonna, ain't no lip syncing. Right, and right. That motherfucker was shutting it down. <laughs> I mean, even even the stuff that you've heard on the on the album, you know, is because of course it's the same tour. Seeing it, you know, him saying, you know, that she's out of my life, and you know, can I come down there and see, you know, that all all that, um, just seeing it, just just gives a different uh, different vibe. Yeah, it. Uh, what was it on Showtime? I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 I I think we all probably give the podcast juice seal of approval. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely check that that doc. And there's another. Uh, this is a, uh, a DVD that I have. I'm not sure if it, you could probably still find it, but it's called like the making of the songs of the key of life, where um, all the not all of them, but the musicians that are still with us or at the time, uh, they all come back and they all talk about you know making the album and what inspired the different songs or whatever, and they play a couple of the songs. Uh, it's 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 a sight to see. It, it really is cool, and the fact that they all come back and they. They could just pick up and play. But the best part of it is at the end, Stevie's playing. Uh, they show him playing I Wish, and he's like, he's playing the drums. They show him playing the keys. They basically, I guess, like his recording session, you know, he's acting like he's recording. But I've never seen Stevie want to play the drums. And I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, <laughs> that is that is amazing to me. So that's another uh, one. If you have not seen it, uh, yeah, definitely seek that out. It's I want to say it's called. Uh, classic albums or something like that songs of key of life but it's it's worth seeking out if you haven't seen it all right but yeah getting back to you know so why we like prince you know and the other part and i think uh, big sexy's touched on this and brought this up as well is that prince uh, is at a time I, first of all he comes at a perfect time um he comes at a perfect time in the 80s where you're sort of more, um, your choices are somewhat limited. And I don't mean to say that uh, he's not that good. I'm, he's exceptional. But as opposed to now, there's a lot of exceptional artists out there, but there's too many choices. Uh, and it's hard to see things because there's so much coming at you. Back then, it was pretty much relegated to if you're, if you're the shit, you're going to get seen. You know, there wasn't too many opportunities for non-talented bullshit to, to rise to the top. Exactly. As you started getting into the 90s, that started to change. But in the 80s, you really had to be about something. Otherwise, you wasn't going to make it to that level. And obviously, Prince was way about something. So he came at a perfect time. There, you were allowed to grow the artwork, you know, and progress. And we had an opportunity to see it. Uh, you know, with the introduction of, again, jumping on MJ for a second, when you have MTV come and you have Michael and Prince dropping quintessential pieces of video that they're forced to play. 
because they weren't going to let him in the door at first, right? There's that great clip of David Bowie. Oh, man, like, he shut Mark Goodman <laughs> yeah. down. He's like, what, why, why, why y'all not playing these? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're not playing Middle America. There's black people in Middle America, you know? Yeah. I'm like, wow. But, the, but, but see, the thing is, the great thing is, Michael, Prince, even Rick James, it doesn't really get a lot of props or super freak, but those songs, they transcended. You you wasn't gonna relegate them to R and B, no, they were banging. Like you, they gonna they was gonna be recognized, and they forced their way in, right? So they had to start paying attention. Prince Prince could not just be a regional R and B dude. His shit was just on another level. You had to recognize it when they. And I just recently read this cover story the other day because it was online. The Rolling Stone cover, yep, yep, with Prince on there. When you read that. Like they had to recognize that dude. Like this motherfucker is coming out of nowhere, shutting down arenas. The shit is on another level. We ain't seen nothing like this in a long time. You gotta recognize it. And so yeah, Prince is in that perfect time. The other perfect time for Prince too, I think, is in the late '90s when the internet revolution is really starting to kick in. To me, that was another shot in the arm of Prince fandom because that's the point where the Prince fandom says, "Oh, we can unite now." We can start sharing our stories. Oh, you got that song? So, you know, when the file sharing starts to kick in. Oh, there's another shot in the arm of, oh, did you hear this? And then we see these boots start to really come in. They were already there before you could, you know, order them from a record collector or maybe go to your local record store and try to dig and you might find something. But it was when that file sharing and the internet really kicked into 2000 and they started dropping them bad boys online that blew the door off. oh all oh, you saw a flood of great boots come out yep. you know to me the head buster of all time was that studio nights when they dropped that oh my god yeah it was over i was like because it was a historical record and it started from his boombox tape demos all the way to I think the 90s work and it, it was exceptional quality I was like oh, okay and it was just ton after ton started coming boom boom and you start sharing them and then you start seeing things like you know the, the org soon came um, hammers chat room so it was just a the, the uniting of fandom of the connection of people and prints and you get the podcast and stuff like that to what, me what was that what was the live one the live set that was it was something night was it like city nights city, C- nights. city yes. lights excuse me lights. City lights. Yes. Yes. yes long that. running series that that was another one that just that was that was a head right yeah that was gosh okay since we're talking bootlegs real quick back when i graduated college before law school i was in berkeley at amoeba records one day like a little used record store type deal and i'm you know, rifling through the print stuff and i see stacks of things i've never seen the crucial CD. Mm-hmm. Um, There's so many. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm taking all of these, and I brought them all home and was just like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. So I used to get into bootlegs back in the '70s. I'd get a lot of Kiss bootlegs, but when I saw those at Amoeba, and I'm like, they're just selling them out in the open like this. You know, I don't know. I don't want to know. I'm just buying them. <laughs> yeah, you know, I took them all. My, my first boot was, of course, probably like everybody else, was the Black Album. Uh, I bought it in 90, I think. 
I got mine in 88. I got an 88. You know, Maybe yeah. like a fifth generation copy, but I got it. <laughs> yeah, mine was vinyl, and you know, it, it sounded like crap. But hey, I had the black album, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Wow. Part of that club. I, I I think I got the black album late because my first boot was. Uh, for those of you on volume or whatever. Oh, that's a good oh. Idea. I had the it was a it was a vinyl record it was at the store and I I remember buying that and I had you know the record player obviously back then. When it got to uh Strange Relationships, I was done. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? I just kept playing that over and then the next one I got it was a cassette tape from this one chick and it had um the the three uh girl of my dreams uh can't stop this feeling and we can we can funk yeah. i was done actually i got that right when the hits b-side came out i I was like that that opened the door to me i was like there's another side of prince that i'm not even aware yeah. of my, i think my second was like the the jewel box that was my that was okay. my uh like criminal de creme. That was although half the songs were, you know, I know Crystal Ball. Well, yeah, Crystal. It was called Expert Lover back then, uh, but it was like very short. It's like only like five or, you know, five or six minutes. When I finally heard the, you know, the the full one, I was like, whoa, this is yeah. But that let's was, talk about Crystal Ball um, briefly. Um, a lot of people say they didn't get theirs. I got mine. You know, my little my little gold or my little clear plastic case with all Round five case. CDs in it. Yeah, mm. you know, and I love. I still play that now. You know, there's yeah. so many things on it that I like. I like the fact that he had. You could hear what he did in Continental, taken from that song. How do you want? Show me how you want to be done. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's the one. And when I saw him do Continental in '92 on the uh, Act One tour, I was over for me. <laughs> I was it because at the end of the song. You know, the lights are starting to go back to black and it's all ladies don't be afraid to tell your man how you want to be done I'm like oh shit whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> did that a little too good there <laughs> you know I, I remember buying Crystal Ball at Best Buy during the whole and I, I don't really remember back then how I found out that I guess it was probably uh, was it Alt Dot Prince or something like that back then Ah, uh, the news group days. Yeah, news group, which is still yeah, okay. kicking. It's still out there. It's still out there? Wow. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I had seen that people, you know, were upset. And I just happened to, I, I wasn't going shopping for it. I just happened to be at Best Buy, and they had it. I was like, well, it, it didn't have uh, it didn't have Karma Sutra, but, it, you know, it had the truth yeah. that, you know, had uh, the four. And uh, I was like, well, shit, why am I waiting for <laughs> to order it from Prince? I can just get it right then. So I, you know, I bought it right then, and yeah, that's that was that was wild. Just yeah, that's how I, I got I, mine. I, I bought it at Borders. Somebody, it was something online. Somebody said something. It's at a retail, and I rode my little bike down the street. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, I mean, even this, you know, talk about just now. I mean, I had just gone to a little mom and pop shop uh, a couple of weeks ago, just just going to look, and uh, they had Hit and Run Phase One, and it was funny because I was like. Damn, I hate it, but you know I'm a completist, so I'm like. And they also had a, a AOA uh, on vinyl. I'm like, well, I am a completist, but do I really want on vinyl? I'm not gonna open. So I was like, eh, you know, budget. You know, I'm on a little budget right now, so I was like, I'll just get, I'll just get the phase one, and uh, you know, it's still in the shrink wrap, though. I haven't even, <laughs> I haven't even opened. It. I doubt I ever will. But uh, the place they they have, uh, they've sold Prince boots in the past. 
And that's what I was actually looking for, but end up with, with something legit. So. Yeah, just going back to the news groups real quick. I'm just looking right now, just randomly, all binaries, multimedia prints. Oh, man. And they killing them. That's the one. They That's killing the one. them right now with uh, 1983 Lakeland Triple Threat DVD, uh, Minneapolis 83 uh, DVD, uh, Making the Rain DVD, Wendy's first appearance. I mean, I it's still always, alive and well in uh, 2016. So. Throw the link in, in the... Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, this is... A, I'm, I'm on a paid service, so my link is not going to... Oh, okay. All right. No, 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 good, no but... Uh, but anyway, is, yeah. Remember back in... Uh, God, 93, 94, I was in Tower, and I would always go to the import section look for stuff. Yep. And I yeah. went to the import section of prints and found NPG Exodus. Yep. I'm like, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Love that. It, it, I, could, I may start getting into vinyl now. What do you guys think? You know what? I was about, I'm, I was just saying the same thing because I uh, there's a I go to Borders all the time, just across the street from my job, and they got they got a heavy vinyl section in there, man, of new and old stuff. Like I'm really? like looking at it like they're actually actively putting this stuff out on vinyl, man. There's some yeah, print it's, stuff it's in back. there. Yeah, it's back heavy. So I'm I'm, gonna, I'm right there with you, man. Well, like I said, I saw Artificial Age. Uh, it's a double album, um, and if I if very, I think the sequencing is different on the album. I think, but don't don't quote me on that. Oh, and also, I believe someone can tell me if I'm wrong, but this was a couple of weeks ago. The story was hitting online that they're reissuing the Warner Prince Warner Brother albums on vinyl, with the first yeah. one being for you. So yeah, yeah I, heard that. I, I, I heard that as well. I don't know if that's true or not, but. Um, based off of the, the the strength of that, and it's funny you brought it up, Mark. I went on eBay and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and start buying all of them uh, in order. Uh, if even I have to just buy used ones, but I'm about to go get these vinyls, some nice headphones, and really get back into the essence of these this, this music, man, and just sit back and vibe off of it. And I miss vinyl. I miss the the size of it. I miss you know, the warmth of it. As yeah. much as, I mean, people will say, oh man, you got to get a great D to A converter and blah, blah, blah. It's just not the same. You know, it's just not the same. You spend the I same. That. You miss what? No. The pop scratching? The, the crackle. Yep. I miss yep. that. I miss that crackle. crackle. As soon as you put the needle on it. <laughs> I uh, love that. That's, that. that's home to me. You know, that, that's, that's Saturday afternoon pops putting on something on, you know, putting his earth, wind and fire or his gap band or, or whatever, on, or his maze. <laughs> and I miss making my own, you know, recordings yeah. from vinyl to cassette or reel to reel, because nowadays there's a playlist takes takes the fun out of it. Hmm. You know, for me, for me, I mean, because I like you have to sit there and do it all in real time, and make sure it's done properly, get the fade out right, get the little space between the songs. Like, all right, let's go. Nowadays, let me just make a playlist. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take this. I'll take that. It's just not the same uh, familiarity and f same same passion for me. I I miss that. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I, I hate to do this, but I, this is my last. So some people are gonna because I know people are gonna ask me, what the fuck are you talking about? Paid service, Mike? With this book? Listen, it's legal for me to say this. Uh -oh. You just need to go to easynews.com. Oh, here you okay. go. You can. <laughs> so that that's your answer to what I'm saying. 
It's nothing illegal per se about signing up for that. It's been around. I've been a member of this site, paid member for damn near 15 years. Uh, but just looking in here, there's a thing. It's called Fun with Vinyl, volumes 16 through 18. And I'm, you know, the, the vinyl era. And I don't know if these are just vinyl rips or something, but just go look. Sorry, fun with vinyl. Fun, fun with vinyl. It's a very interesting <laughs> posting. They're all flak files. Oh, that's the only way to go. Uh, so there you go. Um, wow, Jesse, Alex, Vanity, Andre. What? It's all in there. Apollonia. And, and let's <laughs> let's let's bring in two, uh, you know, so Vanity, Denise Matthews, you know, rest in peace. She passed away this past week. Um, it was cool to see the recognition and and people speaking about it. And you saw it, you know, in the in the in the news. I mean, I hate to, that she passed, but it wasn't as if she passed and no one noticed. You know, a lot of people, exactly. a lot of people exactly. noticed. Um, and you know, she was the original Prince. Uh, lady, woman, girl. You know, when I remember the first time I saw Vanity, you know, never seen a woman that looked like that before in my time. I was she just was like, beautiful. whoa, like this guy. How is he, you know, just, <laughs> it was just a headbuster to look at. Um, so, yeah, rest in peace to Vanity, man. That's, I wish we would have had the opportunity to have her on. That would have been very interesting. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I don't it, think we could have got her though. She was uh, in a different, different vibe. And one thing I do kind of find a little strange, because I'm a rock guy. Nikki Six hasn't said anything, as far as I know, and they were married for a, for right, a while. Right, right. And he may not be sort of in a mainstream media enough. I don't know. I, I mean, I kind of want to look up and see if maybe he did see something, just no one picked up on it. But yeah, yeah, possibly. And, and let's say too that you know she she did have a you know a life and a, and a career outside of of Prince as well. So it's not like she was just you know a Prince protege. I mean, her first I, album I, was bad. I didn't get Skin on Skin that album, but Wild Animal is is uh, uh, Mechanical Emotion. Man, <laughs> that song is the cut right there. Flipping out is the cut. That's the uh, cut. Uh, uh, I didn't care for Pretty Mess that much, but uh, Pretty Mess me. But but and uh, and Strap On Robbie Baby, we'll just, oh. we'll, we'll leave that we'll leave alone. <laughs> we'll leave that. Uh, but uh, I mean, you know, she's good. You know, decent. I won't say good, but decent actress. Uh, what last Dragon Action or Action Jackson? Uh, Fifty Two Pickup. Fifty Two Pickup. That was, that was my what I was just trying to remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you just like the nudity. In hey, that. that's right. <laughs> I am a man. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, shout out to Vanity Man. Um, but yeah, so you know, Prince. That's why we like Prince, and you know, so and the other part is, you know, for this podcast, why we do it, why I do it, and why it's going to continue going forward. You know, I'm at the point right now that, uh, to me, Prince is deserving of the tribute. Prince is deserving that we acknowledge the greatness now, not when he's passed away or not. No, this dude is alive and doing it right now. He has a body of work that is legendary and he is still continuing to make new stuff. We are supposed to uplift it now. We're not supposed to wait uh, until the, you know something happens and then we go oh, rest in peace. I mean, we will do that. But 
we're not going to miss this opportunity to enjoy this shit while it's popping off. It's still going. And he's one of our uh, legends. He's one of our he's our royalty, in my opinion, just as if, you know, the Rolling Stones or, you know, all these other groups. I was um, I think it was a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Quiet Riot did a concert uh, in, the, in the town that I, I live in, at, uh, right. Tacoma. They had, um, and I was getting off work, just quick story, getting off work and coming home. And I usually, you know, it's like a two hour bus ride. And we get close to where my park, my car, I parked close to this place called the Tacoma Dome. It's a huge arena, basically, where they hold shows and stuff. And they had that bitch sold out. And as I get down the block, you know, the bus, it takes the bus 40 minutes to get from the end of the block to the bus stop. All because, you know, the entire Northwest has descended on this Tacoma Dome to go to this Quiet Riot concert. And I'm just looking at all these people and I'm like, damn, these cats ain't had a hit as far as I know. Right. They haven't. <laughs> and in years, I don't even know if it's the same original cats all in the group, but they their fan base is holding them down like they don't shut down this whole city. And I was just like, damn, they doing it. And I remember I got off the bus and I parked in the parking ride. Parking ride was jam packing his rockers and all this all age i'm like these cats these are young people's coming to this show i was like damn and i was like this is how we're supposed to hold down our legends our groups now i will say when prince came years ago he played at the um tacoma dome this might have been three years ago and it was shut down too um as it should be but my point is to say that the whole reason to do this, this podcast because I think that, you know, this cat deserves the praise and we're supposed to praise this. So years later, even if I'm not doing us no more, these episodes will still be out there. And some other kids may come across. Them. I want to learn about some prints. I want to hear about. They'll be able to listen back. And say, oh, man. OK, let me go check out that record. Oh, let's put some stuff in perspective. Yes, this shit is great. Just as if it was Martin Luther King or whoever. I'm not saying, Martin, but you know, what I mean, like that's why we're going to continue to do this show. Because I'm not about, it ain't about, you know, the petty stuff or this and that. It's about because this dude is great. Yeah. And that's why we do it. So that's why we will continue to do it. And that's why I say he's worthy of this. And we, this should be other people, which there is, that are doing other artists or things that they care about and are holding it up. It's like, yes, this should be celebrated. This shit is great. This stuff unites people. It makes me feel good. It, it motivates me, blah, blah, blah. So that's why the Prince podcast will continue to rock on. And we even be, may be more on more of a celebratory type of vibe. Yes, we're going to continue a little critique and stuff, but yeah. it's really about why this shit is great. And that's why we're doing it. Because I'm not going to do something <laughs> if I didn't like it. I wouldn't put this much time into it if we didn't like what what it was. So. I had to put that out there. And really, I had that on me because after I saw the stuff at Paisley Park and met the people and got to see the stuff for myself, sit in the studio, and I, I was like, man, yeah, re reinvigorated and ready to keep pushing this stuff out there because this shit needs to be heard. This cat needs to be recognized regardless if, if like you said mark there might be some albums i ain't really feeling 
That's cool. I'm on the team. <laughs> we're going to ride with the team. Exactly. I mean, you know, I, I think we're all, you know, big Prince fans, of course. And, you know, I've, pro- I've been the most critical of, of Hit and Run Phase 1. But, you know, that, that has not uh, that has not stopped me from, from being a fan and, and, you know, being a, a lifetime purple card carrier at all. I mean, you know, every... Every artist is entitled, you know, to I, – I, I call it a misstep. I know you We guys, all miss. We all uh, miss. You know, have a different different opinion, different take on it. Um, so I, I won't harp on that particular album. But, I mean, I, I mean, there's stuff by Prince that I don't like. I mean, even some of his older stuff, you know, probably blasphemous to say. But, you hey, know, stuff hey, – hey. <laughs> <laughs> But I still, you know, I still recognize, you know – the, the, uh, and we did we did the show the you know what was it greatest misses or the worst prints you know bottom five or, bottom, bottom five. five yeah there is a I thread mean, on the org right now of like the worst prints albums and I was like let me just look through this and uh, most of the stuff is you oh, okay yeah yeah we all picked that but one person had uh, parade as on their top five fuck well, out of here I was like what are you talking about. Yeah. But that you know be, what? That should be top five. It's anyway. every you know everyone has a different thing about it. Again, if, if it was somebody from the early early Prince days before Purple Rain, they may look at some of those albums as very questionable, and I can understand their viewpoint. I don't agree, but there's so many different phases and stages of this guy. It just depends on when you jumped in, right? And so, yeah, it, it's all relative. But uh, you know, no one has that. Ca- no one has that catalog. Nope. Yep. <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing that I was touching on as far as just you know the the different just genre of music, and I and I neglected uh, the actual funk. So you know that too. So you know, again, for uh, for me, you know, again, it's the it's the music for my mood, and no matter what my mood is, you know, when I need something to touch my soul, I've got a, I've got a uh, Prince religious playlist that has stuff like elephants and flowers and god and anastasia and the cross and and uh, uh rainbow children i mean you know just different different songs that are spiritual and you know when i need when i need to be uplifted when i you know when i'm you know down and out or whatever just just need to pick me up i'll throw on that playlist you know and and i'm i'm i'm, I'm good again you know what i mean so not not every artist you know has that you know what i mean no the the profane and the profound Sometimes within the same song, you know. Uh, sometimes within the, you know the same album. So that, that's that's why again that's why I like Prince to, to reemphasize that point. Yeah, man. Uh, funny this week, you know, I was I was playing uh, Emancipation the disc. Uh, what's the, which disc is it? it has a uh, this is what you wanted one kiss at a time. Is that that disc is... one. Yeah, uh, this too. This too. too. So I was two. playing that at work, and uh, younger cat, r- r- way younger, he was like, "Oh man, what's that?" I was like, "Man, that's this Prince, man." He was like, "Oh really? He's like, okay." He was like, "Man, is Prince gay?" I was like, <laughs> "What?" I was like, "Nah, man. He just, you know, I mean, he only knows Prince from just a very far away sort of passing sort of glance." Uh, I was like, nah, man. He just, I say, he come from a different time, man. He 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 was banging him out though. This, you know, he had the baddest. He's oh okay. And uh, he was like, man, that song right there, that's a good song, man. I was like, you like the slow jams? I was like, okay. I said, yeah, man. So I played an album. He came up to me later. He said, hey, man, can I borrow that CD? I'll bring it back tomorrow. 
I was like, man, take that, man. Yeah, please do, man. Take that home and jam that out. So it just goes to show that the stuff that, you know, some people, oh, emancipation is, or, you know, I was, don't listen to sometimes, sometimes I do. But for somebody, it's just, there's good freaking music on there, you know. Any album, really, but just to say that even a person who ain't, he ain't never had a Prince record or nothing. He heard that. He just heard that song one kiss at a time and was like, yo, I need to borrow this, man. Let me go ahead and copy this up. So it just opens the door for somebody else to get in. Right. So. You, you know, I'm, I'm, I post lyrics a lot sometimes. And, you know, a lot of, some folks know. Sometimes I'll try to pick something that, you know, is kind of obscure or whatever uh, for, again, whatever mood I'm in. And, you know, I'll get people, oh, man, that's that's cool, though. That's that's nice. Who wrote that? Prince. Oh, really? You know, like, yeah. You know, he, he's more than just... You know, <laughs> more than just, you know, the image, you know what I mean? Listen, mm-hmm. you know, listen to the music. I, I even made my mom uh, the, a copy of the, the religious thing, the religious playlist, and she loves it. She listens to us all the time. And I'm like, see, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> told you he's more than just, you know, more than just sex. And she doesn't, you know, she, she bumps it for other people that are, that are in the car with her, you know, like, listen to this. My son made this for me. This is, and this is Prince, you know. And of course, I don't listen to Prince. They're like, listen, listen. So. By, by song three, people are like hooked. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, you know that's that's the other part where, you know, that image of Prince is so heavy, particularly if you were from the '80s and you know you just saw it and you would just shake your head and you say, "Nah, I can't fuck with it." Or nah, <laughs> and, and that's a good that's a that's a good thing. It's a it's a blessing and a curse because in some some of some some people it's too much and you don't want to listen to it right uh, because it just looked too crazy or the imagery was too nuts so, so i can kind of understand why he even like you said mark when he got the purple rain he just had to really tone that down because it was i think it was too much of a line in the sand for some people like they're not going to come over man because it's just it's too, it's too much it's too much man you're, you're gonna sort of keep them away from seeing this greatness because the the, the image is just too wild man the, you know what you're talking about might be a little too much so you gotta you know calm it down a little bit but even now so right we've always complained we just want to do these songs but i think like i said again those songs could be lines on the ground where one he may not his mentality may not agree with the lyrics and two, you might want to open it up just to, you know, that's why I, when I went to Paisley Park, there was a lot of kids running through there. Obviously, you can't have kids running through there when they're playing erotic city or head or some crazy stuff like that. Now, so, that story that's floating around about him um, telling the DJ to stop playing, I think it was head, oh, wasn't it? Head, yeah. Is that, is that true? Is that like... Well, I, I would assume it is. Okay. I, 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 you know, I didn't know if it was like blown out of proportion or whatever. Like, you know. I mean, there's nothing dirty... Profane in the song head. I mean the yes, the uh, wait wait wait, wait. Uh, the words <laughs> not the words. Oh, I mean okay. the the uh, scenario it sets up. Yeah, but it's not like he's running around saying you know suck my dick or anything like that. He said I wouldn't stop, but I came on your wedding gown. I think that's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty. again the word came. <laughs> it's not something that is objectionable. <laughs> that context, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, that song is out there, but I mean, it's the jam. But again, I get it. Like, okay, that's not who I'm he is right now. That he played, he played "Dirty Mind" though in in Australia. 
and dedicated to Vanity. That was kind of an odd dedicated. He dedicated Little Red Corvette and Dirty Mind to her, which uh, that Maybe seems she loves like. Fox. You know, those are her her gems back then. Well, I know, but it just it just seems you know I can see the latter, you know, something like that. But you know, baby, you're much too fast. You need to slow down, you know. And of course, Dirty Mind speaks for itself. So it again, it just seems like an odd dedication to to make I someone can't. who. I can't remember the last time I heard him play Dirty Mind either. Yeah, he, he, he hasn't. Since, since uh, 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 the Love Sexy Tour. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. The last time he actually played that. Wow. But you would think that that falls under, you know, the whole JW, no, you know, lewdness, no no cursing thing. So. Well, it's a, you know, again, I'm not a JW, I'm not, I'm not trying to rip them, but that's a whole gray area, too, for uh, creative people. I mean, there are some things that, you know, you just know you can't do. But other things like, well, let me see if I can just do this one here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think it obviously it falls down to the person, man. Like, you know, what does he want to put out and don't? The whole religious thing. Yeah, every religion has rules. I mean, there's a lot of rules in Christian things that Christian artists aren't supposed to do or you know, oh, you can't wear this. I saw a video making good recently. This lady tried to come at her about her attire in a magazine. You know, her husband, preachers, shut that down. Like, no, she's going to do what she want to do. You know, that's your law. You ain't got. <laughs> so I, I want to look at Prince. I'm like, well, we could say he's for these reasons, but I just take it. That's because he don't want to do it for his reasons. That's fine. You know what I mean? Like, that's fine. Yeah. And, and yeah, I gotta be kind of respect that. Like, okay, well, fuck the guy said, turn the song off, turn it off. He's paying me to be here. It's it reminds a, me of, uh, it reminds me of back uh, before David Bowie passed away, obviously. Uh, few, several years ago, he said, you know what? I'm not doing the Ziggy Stardust stuff anymore. That's that. But, 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 but nothing. I'm not doing it. And, you know, a lot of people didn't like it, but the most of his fans said, okay, let's go. Let's go on the new ride. And then he went into the whole uh, Let's Dance, you know, phase of his career. Mm-hmm. And Prince is doing the same thing. He said, look, I'm not doing those songs. You know, for whatever reason, he's not doing them. He's not doing them because at the end of the day, he does not want to do them. Yeah. Got to respect that. And he's got so much other music. Exactly. He's got <laughs> yeah. such a catalog. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I respect the fact that he doesn't want to do it. That's not a problem. But even what I don't like is is the changing of the lyrics. That's... That's what I don't like. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you if you're gonna do the song, if you're gonna do DMSR, don't don't change lyrics. If you're gonna do I would die for you, don't change lyrics. If if you've got that much of an issue with it, don't do it. I mean, I I just. But see, where do you draw the line to say if a guy? Do you say don't change the music? You know what I mean? Like if it's a performance, then it's open to whatever the performer wants to do. Now I would have a problem if he went back and somehow did a George Lucas on the original albums and changed those. But in terms of performances, hey man, that's the, that's the whole part of the art that change yeah, the music well, or change the flow the, of the song. You change it can all be changed. I have no problem with it at all. He's not changing the music or the, uh, well, oh, yes, the song, the lyrics. So we'll just stick with the lyrics. He's not changing the lyrics for artistic purposes. He's changing it to conform to his conversion. Well, no, you don't know that. Yes, he's he said it. He's. Like DMSR is now, you know, everybody get on the floor, tell me what you've come here for, 
you know, girl, yeah, ain't no use. You might as well again, get loose. I don't, I don't remember like, him saying he did it for conversion purposes. Well, you know what I mean. I'm just saying his religious beliefs, or whatever. He's toning it down because he doesn't want the kids to hear him cursing and all of that. I Which mean, is that's, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> don't do the don't do the song. Don't do DMSR and change because all right. First, is DMSR is about being free to do whatever you want, but he's changing the lyrics to make it yeah. not seem. You, you so you, you got that's the thing like we don't know what that song's really about right because we didn't write it and we don't know why he wrote it we can figure it we out can, though, right? you can assume that we think we know why he wrote okay. it you're right, you're right. <laughs> but we have no idea what he thinks that song is about and again he may think it's about something totally different in the end of the day I, I don't know, a lot of times they'd be saying aren't your songs sexual and he'd be saying no they're spiritual and, and you look at the lyrics like huh but I'm sure he might have a whole different Ain't take. Ain't that spirit head. <laughs> well, no. But he doesn't, and he doesn't do that song, right? I know, but I'm just saying, there's, there's nothing. Well, I'm not talking about that song, right? That, there's nothing spiritual about Sister either. I mean, you can throw okay. crazy yeah. songs out there. But I'm just saying that, uh, to me, when a performer performs a song, if he wants to change the lyrics, and for the most part, they want to change the music and the way it's done, that's, that's a whole part of the performers to be open to Flipping the songs and making them even doper. I think Prince has always done that through his career. When you hear the song, like, damn, it sounds way better live. Okay, but the lyric changes in DMSR specifically do not make that song better. It doesn't make it worse. And or Days of Wild. Yes, it does. Well, that's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you don't like it because you think the meaning is different. But how does it make the song worse? I don't. I, I just don't. I just don't think the songs flow as well. Especially, well, Days of Wild and DMSR. I just don't think those... Because of change. one word change the song? Well, it's, he's not changing one word. He's changing lots and lots of words in both of them. He's changing, like, phrases. I have to listen to it again. I haven't heard them. Back when Sammy Hagar joined Van Halen for the first time in 1985-86, when they would tour, he said, look, I know I'm the new guy in the band, but I'm not singing Jump. And so he didn't. They would play jump. He would bring somebody out of the audience and let them sing it. Prince could have done that. Did, did you have a problem when Prince changes the words in Kiss to fit whatever is going on in pop culture? Good no, comeback. No, no, I do not have no, a problem with that. No, no, because that is, it's a tongue-in-cheek joke about he's making the song more current. So, no, I don't have a problem with that. So, because it doesn't mean anything, it doesn't matter to you. But if it was... But if the song speaks to what he his ideology actually matters, does that matters more to you? Like you see what I'm yes, asking? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Well, that's what I'm saying. What's the more important for what's more important for it to not mean nothing, or to be more personal where it means something to him that he felt like he had to change it? You have more of a problem with it because he doesn't agree with what he agreed with before on a psychological level. Not understanding the question. I I believe sure. that. Changing the lyrics to DMSR is a detriment to that song. It changes the for spirit what re- of the song. Okay, great. And, I, and that's why I asked you, does, and that's why I said, does Kiss... No, it doesn't. It doesn't change you the spirit you say it doesn't change the spirit of the song. You don't have to watch Desperate Housewives versus Dynasty. doesn't change the spirit of the song. It's just a more contemporary show that's on the air right now. Most, maybe... maybe Even if that word, and you could you said this earlier, that it changes the word phrasing or the flow of the song. It does. Right, that's what I'm saying. You said that was a problem with DMSR because you think it changes the flow of the song, not necessarily meaning. But so there's it, there's both of those. Oh, Please well, stop saying flow. 
I, well, like, okay, so the lyric, do whatever we want, we're lingerie to the restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's do whatever we want, get busy in the middle of a restaurant. I mean, it just, I don't know, it just doesn't, it doesn't that's have the same. Stay if you think about it. It doesn't have the same essence to me, to me. That's just my opinion. It doesn't have the same essence of the kind of free willing thing. Wearing lingerie in a restaurant is more, to me, more risque or more in your face daring than quote unquote getting busy in the middle of a restaurant again but that's my opinion right so I'm, that's, and, I, and I get your opinion when I'm just asking in the sense of you know the guy who actually wrote and performs the song and what it actually must mean versus our opinion of it so okay. well I, oh you're right I don't know what the meaning behind DMSR is I, don't, I can assume but I don't I, at the end of the day I don't know I could be completely wrong well, I mean, it, so he, it changes it. It changes what you thought the song was about, right? Well, that's yes. that, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> but again, as I'm saying, when you get into lyrics, uh, again, our assumption of what something may be about versus what it may be to the guy who actually created it, it could be two different things. Is what I'm saying. So to me, it's like if you have a problem with that, to me, would you have? I'm supposed to say, do you have a problem with when they change the music? Which to no. me can change the flow of a song dramatically. Like when I saw the, the piano show, a lot of those songs uh, come with a very different vibe because of the way he's performing them. Now, well, for yeah, some people, that may be a problem because yeah, you take well, a, a, lot of a happy are, song and you make it sound melancholy, which totally changes the vibe of a song, let alone what is being said in the song, right? Yeah, I, see, I don't, I, I think that's different. I think the, the music, musical interpretation of the song. I don't. I don't mind when he changes that up. That that doesn't bother me. It's just the lyrics that bother me. I mean, like when when the cross became the Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I just I had a problem with that. I'm just curious. Why do you have a problem with it? Because it's the name of the song is the cross. It's not the Christ. <laughs> and it, and the whole again the whole meaning of the song to me is is different. Okay. Because he doesn't believe in crosses anymore, he changes it to the Christ. I mean, I, I don't know. I just—it's one of my favorite songs. Don't tamper with what I like, please. <laughs> just, just keep. That's it. what it is. Or even <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to think of other lyrics. Um, well, um, think of "Let's Go Crazy." Didn't they recently play that song totally different? And I loved it. All right, but some I'm people not, don't like. I'm that. not a fan of the of the re, of the reload. Of Let's you go know crazy. why I'm a fan of it? Because it it brought new life into something that's old and that's been old and tired. But see, that, and so you're saying exactly but, what I'm trying to but say. But the lyrics are For, still the same. Right, but they're both parts of the song, and you can't do one without the other, right? Because it's a song. So I'm, I'm just saying, my point is that you could have, it. it's what it means to you necessarily, not necessarily that it's destroying the song. It's a different interpretation of the song, whether it's the music or the lyrics. Some people are fine with it. Some people are not, but... I just think you can't really uh, hold the artists to some sort of your your expectations because again, it's their song to sort of play it in a different and way that they want. Now, if he right, changes the right. original, I understand what you're saying, but a live performance of it, it's open to be interpreted totally different because right, it's a performance. But, right, but the reason he's not doing the original lyrics to DMSR, and I, I hate to keep using the song example, is because he doesn't want to be quote-unquote dirty that's why he's changing it it's not well, I, no it's no I, I understand that and I, I actually respect him for doing that because I would have a problem if he was to be doing something against what he totally believed he'd be fake but, right I, 
I, I agree. I just wish he wouldn't do the song. That's all I'm saying. Just don't do the song if you're if you're not going to do it with the original lyrics. You can you can change the the arrangement. Fine. I, I get that. That's what artists do. But changing the lyrics because of that, that's what I have a problem with. All right. Yeah. Personally, for me, I wish he did a lot of those songs live. If he, like you said, Mark, if he didn't have to sing them, then don't. But I would love to hear them do head, even if he doesn't say the words. That music is more the star to me than the lyric. I, so I want to hear him play it. There's a lot of these songs that he just won't play anymore. Be, or like Erotic City. He's not going to do that. But I would love for him to get up there. And, it's just, that's why I, like, I would rather him just do them instrumentals. I'm okay with that. I mean, I don't know why he, you know, I don't know why he hasn't done with Third Eye Girl, Computer Blue. I mean, that would be like the Ooh. best song to do. And you could say, uh, you could say, I don't know what the what the world is wrong. I I'll, I will accept that. <laughs> I will accept that that lyric change. That, there there so you go. Cool. See? <laughs> <laughs> that that lyric change is, is acceptable. We'll, oh, there we go. I'll it's, allow it. It's been yeah. approved. Yeah. I I can picture that right now. Donna, yes, Hannah. Is the water warm enough? And the place would just go bananas. The place would go bananas. Yeah, man. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's, but again, you know, like I said, I get it. And I I respect the fact that the dude is keeping it honest to himself. Because at the end of the day, that's why I'm a fan. And he ain't doing nothing up there he don't want to do. Uh, and it's his shit, you know, so. At the end of the day, you're you're 100 right on that. I I cannot disagree with you anymore. It is his songs. Who am I to tell him, you know, what songs to do and and you know what not to do and how to do them? I just again prefer that he would either not do the songs or keep them the same. Well, as long as he doesn't do it, Lucas. You know, like Mike said, as long as he doesn't go back with all the re-releases now since he owns the catalog and start editing out things. Yeah, that would be the real problem. That's the problem. And he oh, said he did that. He did that on. I mean, I know it's not the same, but he did that on the uh, uh, MVG Music Club. Oh, that pissed me off too. He was, he was editing. Oh music. well, yeah, he's not gonna go out and play some crazy shit. But that, but then again, that's what the same thing with the DJ. Like, no, tell him to stop. Um, there was something that when I was at Paisley Park, they they let it play, and it was cussing. I can't remember which song it was. But what uh, is? Yeah. I want to say it was head or something, and, and I was shocked that they didn't go up there and tell him to stop playing it. But again, the original artwork, the original albums are not edited. You can still go buy these records, Dirty Mind, and it's the same shit. So as long as the real art is not touched, the live, I don't, you know, that is nothing. Like that's why I said, if he pulled a Lucas, then I'd be right there with you. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Well, yeah, at least that, we, at least there's that. At least we have that. Because that would be wrong. And the thing is, he said, you know, if you want to hear those songs, buy the album. There you go. Um, there it is. I'm okay was, with that. Um, oh, God. Face Down. When he was doing that, and I, saw, yeah. and I saw Face the Down. The Chris Rock Show version. <laughs> I, I saw Face Down before he, and I keep saying converted, but I, I don't know the other term I should use. But, and then I saw the same tour after he converted, and he was still doing Face Down. But, again, the, all the lyrics were, were different. And again, it wasn't because of well, I'm gonna try it this way. I'm gonna see how it flows. It's because he doesn't want to. He didn't want to curse anymore. And again, for me, I had a problem with with that. Uh, I mean, hey, uh, like I said before, dude got a different mindset. 
roll with it. He's been doing that since day one. If changing it up. I'm, st- I'm still holding the purple card, so, yeah. you know, it, <laughs> so that's, you know, that's going to change. Yeah, that's what you signed up for, and that's what he's giving it to you. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it is what it is. He Some people are mad because he did around the world in the day and turned his back on certain you know, stuff, but that's what prefer, it is. You know, I'm glad he's finally retired that Raspberry Beret Take Me With You melody, you know, so <laughs> I heard that enough to save me a lifetime, but, you know, I know. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just dogging him today, aren't I? Yes, Prince, yes. I am a fan. I am a fan, sir. Whoa. <laughs> just, just offering some un, unsolicited constructive criticism is all. Wow. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, uh, okay, Sean. I'm gonna be Prince. And, and, and don't let uh, Joshua do shooting. Where's your album, Sean? <laughs> Josh has other things on his hey, plate. Shout out to Josh. I'm not dogging exactly, man. exactly. He's doing this. I guarantee you, a lot of cats would love to be in his position to say uh, they produced yeah. the Prince album, you hated it or not. A lot of motherfuckers would have signed up and did yeah, it for free. Resume, yeah. A lot of cats would have done that for free. Uh, so that that was just that was his school, basically. I mean, that's coming out of Prince's mouth, right? He's holding school for these cats. But he's in a position to do that. And that's the other point I'm saying. It's celebratory. Because he didn't already done it. it you know, he didn't already done. He's done enough that it really. At the end of the day, let me say that. He's done enough that we really can't say shit to him. At the end of the day. <laughs> he's above approach. Because again, you can pull from for you. For me, you can pull from for you to, to love sexy. And you can't say nothing. It's done. The, the work has already been laid down. You can pull the records. You can pull the live performances, the videos. He got movies. He's already done it. If he wanted, if he wanted to coast, he can gladly clo- coast, and it doesn't. It ain't gonna change the legacy <laughs> or what he's remembered for. He can put out hit and run phase one, two, three. It can all be produced by Josh. They will not change the legacy. They won't You're have right. no effect. You're right. He's, so, he's, so he's above. To me, end of the day, he's above anything we say because he's already done it. You know, there's really nothing that he's untouchable. He's one of the untouchable guys. When somebody says Prince, they know exactly what it is, and ain't nothing that's gonna happen <laughs> after 1996. To be honest, is gonna change that, right? When they say Prince is coming to town, like he's coming in Australia, them tickets are going to sell out in seconds. Shut it down. And it don't matter about, oh, well, he changed the lyric in the song, or this album is, or Mike don't like that. It ain't got nothing to do with it. Or you don't get a tour of Paisley Park. No, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's not <laughs> it, here to defend it, it himself. Ain't, it ain't, it ain't <laughs> going to change you nothing. Go, <laughs> <laughs> now you know you're going to hear it. <laughs> uh, shout out, Q-Storm. What up, brother? <laughs> well, yeah, none of that matters. I mean, you're saying he's above any of this stuff, man. And so that's why I'm, and, and it really dawned on me when I first I got to see it. First, I was like, okay, yeah, this shit don't matter. Like, this dude is done, man. The, the history is already written. And I don't see, you know, it's a different time. So these albums aren't going to have, the, you know, it's sad to say, what they say the last album's like 7,000 copies? So that's it. Yeah, man. But, you know, again, 
he's as uh, L.A. Reid says in that book, you know, when an artist sort of gets past their prime or, you know, the quintessential era, he's past that. And there's nothing bad about that because he did the work. It's already done. So this is the celeb- celeb- you know, this yeah, is this, celebration this, time now. This is gravy time. That's yeah. true. You know, now, well, when you talk about phase two, because that's not even readily available, right, in, in stores. It's like mainly special order or. Yeah, there's like very few, few little stores. And then he's got fans selling it, you know, in the different areas. Well, that's more to the record industry than anything else. Because you can't go into you know stores like we could back in the day and go and look through back catalogs and stuff, or find things readily available. That's just, I mean, I, that sucks. You know, again, I you know I'd buy Phase Two just to you know just to have it on my shelf. You know, not not necessarily to to listen to, but I, I mean, I not that I don't like the album, but I because I have it already. But I would still just you know again being a completist, just like to have the the actual uh, physical copy. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could say. Uh, there are a few online things. I know, uh, shout out to Dorothy. Uh, she's selling them here in the Northwest. And essentially, I guess what they are, the fans just buy them directly from Prince, and then you get to, you can sell them, you know. No way. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, again, like you said, not too many record stores. Obviously, you can go online and buy these records. Not the same. Um, it's not the same for us, but for the kids, that's that's all they know. That's all they know. That's yeah. all they know. That's all they know. But anyway, we've been going on and on. Suffice to say, that's we why we love Prince, some we Prince. We three hours. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, we definitely love us some Prince. And it's an exciting time for Prince. He's still very much active, right? He's been shutting down uh, overseas in uh, Australia doing a piano show. I'm going to tell you all one more time. If you get an opportunity to see this show, you must go. It is one of his greatest performances and it's unlike anything we've ever seen. And, so you yeah, I was must think, go. Um, this is the first when we talk about his career, first time in his illustrious career that he's ever performed by himself. By yep. himself. I mean, he's personable. done. He's done. You know, snippets and shows, but this is a first time a full show has been done totally by himself. Yeah, he's telling stories, he's sharing stuff. You gotta go to it, man. Gotta go. All right. We get up out of here, Mr. Sean Hill. Where can they find you online? All right, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Hill Street Views. You can also find me on Facebook, Sean Hill, and also Real Movie Talk. And you can find me on the blog. I do have some Prince related uh, articles on there. Uh, look for the article on 1999 uh, called I'm Not Saying This Just to Be Nasty The Legacy of 1999. <laughs> I love that title. And uh, you can also check out uh, Sign of the Times, Messed With My Mind, uh, the greatest Prince album of all time. So both of those are on hillstreetviews.blogspot.com. Nice, nice. Mr. Big Sexy and Sack, where can we find you? I can be found on Twitter, Twitter, Twittering Around, and on Facebook. I'm sorry, Twitter under Big Sexy and Sack, and on Facebook under Mark Wiggins. And again, next Super Bowl, we are setting the groundwork. WSC Super Bowl party stay tuned alright alright ladies and gentlemen you can find me at uh, uh, Twitter at MDean of course the website is podcastjuice.net check us out on iTunes we got a nice following for the show on iTunes so definitely subscribe to the Prince Podcast on there and write us a review hey work it like a job we will see you next time peace